you will, let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. I like that song. That's the only way for that spirit to move, that breath of God that goes where it will. We don't know where it's going or where it's coming from. For him to breathe on us is the only way we're going to love what he loves. That's the only way we're going to like what he likes. And and I don't, I don't really care what somebody else wants. I want to want what his will is. I want to like what the Lord likes. And if it's important to him, I want it to be important to me. I do. It's a weird way I got to this text. <laughs> it ain't weird. It's weird to me. The Lord purposed it from full time. But uh, uh, this is the message for the hour. Oh, Brother Don says that. And, you know, I always tell you, Brother Henry used to say, uh, this going to be good. And then Brother Don used to say, I have a message from God to your souls. And that's true. Uh, he might, he might not, but I, he prayed so. Um, and I guess I have to have something to say. It's better than bullion. But this bullion either make you mad, glad, or sad, or you'll just sleep on old sluggard. <laughs> Dead men don't hear much, and dead, dead men don't get angry, and dead men and women don't get sad. So either it's going to make you mad, sad, or glad, or none of the above. I take mad. My dad used to say, if I made you mad, that's good, son. That means you was listening to me. <laughs> I mean, I was paying as a teenager, I mean, I was paying attention, huh? I think this will make us, make many of us glad. Here in First Timothy chapter 2, now let's remember who, who is writing to whom. That, that's important, isn't it? If we get a letter in the mail that's not addressed to us, guess what? That letter ain't addressed to you. This is for the Lord's people, but Paul was writing to Timothy. And so there's some things that's, that's, that's a, a given there between those two. So that we have to compare scriptures with scriptures to understand these things. But Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Ain't that a good place to start? Especially come November this year. Especially come election time. You want a bit mad? All right, let's start with this. Let's give thanks for all men because everybody that's here is purposed by God and everybody that's in the position that they're in is purposed by God. And everything that's going on is purposed by him. Let's give thanks for that. That sets the good tone, doesn't it? Well, I don't want to dwell there. Verse 2, for kings and for all that are in authority, that they may lead, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all goodliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men. Now remember, he's writing to Timothy. And it doesn't say all man. Man typically means mankind. This is a people who will have, will have all men be saved. And it says will. Not that he would, or he'd really pretty please like. This is God's will we're speaking of. We're about to learn of that. God's will. He will have all of his men and women, his beloved, his sons of Jacob, be saved. And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. And he's saying that to Timothy, and he said, you pray for those kings and those governors and those sheriffs and those code enforcement officials in your county, whatever, pick one. 
managers at Costco. You pray for them because that just might be your brother or your sister. Give thanks for them because they're still breathing. God might save them. Just as David wept and mourned over his son, there's life in them. God may still save them. Pray for them. And here's what they need. Here's what those that's been regenerated by God, that's called saved. <laughs> Christians, I don't like using that term, but those in Christ. And that's what they need. That's what you need. And that's what all mankind needs. People that don't even know it. Here's their need. And this is the only thing that'll save. Verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men the man, Christ Jesus. What a statement. What a st the Lord could say so much with so little. I guess if someone was the inventor of all language, uh, he'd be very concise if he wanted to be. <laughs> or what he can say. What a poet he was. and what, what words of comfort. And he can speak those to the heart, can't he? This is a very short, short verse here. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. There's one God. That's a bold statement. What do you mean by that? There's one mediator between God and men. What's meant by that? I know that's what it says. Is that what we know what the scriptures say, but do we understand what the scriptures say? The man, Christ Jesus. I know what that says. What's that mean? What's that mean? I don't need just knowledge. I need knowledge and understanding, don't you? Many would agree on this. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. A lot of folks would say that's right. That's what that says. And if it's in there, it's probably right. And they will keep just skipping their heels all the way to hell. To an eternity of damnation. We must define our terms. There's some things that mean something on that side of the Mississippi that means something totally different on this side of the Mississippi. Uh, Non-denominational means something totally different in eastern Kentucky than it does in California, I can tell you that. Uh, that ain't what I mean. <laughs> same word, totally different thing. Sometimes you have the same thing with two totally different words, don't you? I love Hellman's mayonnaise. They don't have that out here. The exact same thing as Best's mayonnaise. Did you know that? Ain't no difference. Not one lick difference. It's the same thing, two different names. But we have to know what we're talking about. We have to define our terms. A lot of people say things, and I mean a bunch, and it sounds right. And on the surface, it seems to agree. And we think we're in the same boat. We think we're fellows in the same ship. We think we're having fellowship. But it's not necessarily what people say that I'm concerned about. What do you mean by that? What do you mean? We all say dumb things. We all say things backwards or wrong or whatever. But what do they mean? What's the tenor of that? What do you mean? It says here, for there is one God. Okay. Common in our day. Well, we all call him by different names, but we all go to God. His name's Allah, or his name's Buddha, or his name's whatever. No. No. That's just what's said. That's not true. That's not, that's not my God. That's not the God of the Bible. Absolutely, hands down, is not. Now, we have brethren in Mexico... That's two different things called by the same name. Now, we have the same thing called by two different names. Our brethren in Mexico call him Jesus Cristo. And it ain't necessarily, we say Jesus Christ. It ain't what we say, it's what they mean. Do you get that? 
It's who they're talking about. It's who they're talking about. There is one God. People say, well, I believe in one God. So what? Well, that's a harsh response. No, it's not. How did James respond? Thou believest there is one God? Thou doest well. Good job, buddy. The devils believe that there's one God. Demons believe that there's only one God. And, and you know what else they do above you and they're still demons? They tremble. They actually fear him. You walk through this life thinking he owes you something. Well, God wouldn't do that to me. I'm a good person. The devil's got enough sense to tremble. They believe there's one God. So us believing that there is one God on the surface of what we say don't mean deadly, does it? Many believe in one God. What's that? The God of their imagination. The God that has no resemblance whatsoever to the God of the Bible. And I'll tell you what else. It's a God they will not bow to and they will not honor. You can't honor, you can't honor something. You won't bow to something that's not supreme. That's a peer. That's somebody you negotiate with. That's what the word God means. Our, Marie said, our God is God. And I thought, that's right. <laughs> Seems so simple. God has to reveal that. He has to reveal that. For us to bow to him, honor him, and be thankful to him, to the one true and living God, and to believe on him. Not to believe in him. That all of our belief, all of our faith came from him. It's him. Well, you had strong faith. No, I didn't. I had a strong Christ is what I had. That's believing there's one God. That's believing. Well, it's mine. Take it all the way to Satan. Take it all the way to the gates of hell. It's Christ or it's nothing. If he didn't make it, he didn't sustain it, he didn't preserve it, it ain't worth nothing. God says it's going to burn. Well, I don't think so. It don't matter what you think. It matters what God says. There's one God. There's one God. I've seen people embroider on their Bibles. Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. Well, okay. He is. Now you say that, what do you mean by that? What are you talking about? Are you talking about the one that shall save his people? Not going to try, not might, pretty please someday, not, if you'll do something else, he, he, he'll negotiate with you. He shall save his people. And, and not that that's a doctrinal fact. From something, their sins. Why do I have sins? I am sin. He's got to save me, not help me, not throw me a life preserver, not help lift me up the ladder of life. He has to save to the uttermost. He has to get down underneath me and pick me up and carry me out of that mire pit. One God. There's one God. And he's Lord. He's Lord. He's God. That's his name. You know what, what goes synonymous with that? Sovereign. sovereign. I like that in England. They call their queen, now king, the sovereign. That might remind us of something. That's the boss. That's what they mean by it. They say it. It's a whole other thing. They use the same terms. God's sovereign. We have a sovereign God. I hear people around the state, and I've heard people around this world, and they say that. Well, God's sovereign. But what do you mean by that? I hear people say that. It comes out their mouth. They've regurgitated something pretty that Grandma and Grandpa might have said one time, or they heard on TV. What do you mean by that? What do you rest on in that? I don't know what they mean. I don't know. It changes person to person. Right? There's areas that say, well, God's sovereign in my job. If I get that next job, I've, I've asked him a whole bunch. And I've, I got all my friends together and we ganged up on him. And we're just going to pray till this comes through. And I'm going to get that job. 
And God's sovereign. He can give me that job if he wants to. Okay. You have cancer eating you up from head to toe. Oh, I can't believe that. He's not sovereign over cancer. He's not sovereign over killing your children. I haven't lost a child. If he did it, is he sovereign in that? Or did he make a mistake? Sovereign. Sovereign. I don't know what other people mean, but I know what I mean. And I know what these scriptures mean. <laughs> I believe it because that's what the scriptures say. He's on his throne. He's ruling and reigning. And what he does is right. And he controls everything from the big stuff that we think all the way down to the electrons orbiting a nucleus and whatever that stuff's made up of. And the hearts of the kings are turned just like a river's water. He makes it. If there's evil in a city, he's done it and he'll restrain whatever doesn't glorify him. That's what this book means. That's what I mean. I don't know what other people mean. God trying to do something. You got to let God. You don't know him. He needs to reveal himself to you. That's not God. I, you can let me into your house or not let me into your house. Not the Lord. Not the Lord. In creation, he's sovereign over all things. There's one God. That means the birds and the trees and the climate and the skies and the clouds in the air and whatever else is floating up there. It's his skies. He does what he wants with it. It's his creation. This earth, he owns it. If there's oil underneath the ground, he put it there, and there's as much as he wants to be there. The fullness thereof, it's his. A cat on a thousand hills is his. That's not 999 plus one. That means everything. It's more than you can't count that many. In creation, he's God. That means he does what he wants and everything. In providence, whether, whether this building collapses on us or I live to 119 years old or, or I'm loved or I'm hated or I'm in the dry or I'm in the wet or I'm in the cold or I'm in the hot or I'm sick or I'm healthy or I'm happy or sad or whatever it is, in providence throughout time, anything that happens, he's the God of it or he ain't God at all. Either he's on his throne or he ain't. Well, if that leaves us in creation, everything that's made, and that leaves us in providence, everything that took place, what else does that mean, God? Uh, that affects us. Salvation. You didn't figure him out. He wasn't lost and you wasn't finding him. He found you if he found you. You didn't determine he was right. He is right. He revealed it to you and it crushed you. And it changed your life. You ain't the same because there's a new creation in you. Well, that's drastic. Yeah, it is. It's called going from death to life. We don't see it happen too much. <laughs> it's a rare thing. It's a very rare thing. He's the God of creation. There's one God of providence, one God of salvation, and he does what he pleases with whom he pleases in the manner that he pleases, not because that's the right thing to do, but because he did it, that makes it right. We've been looking at Moses, right? They were casting babies in the sea. Every male child, throw it in the, in, the, in the river. Chuck every one of them in the ocean. One made it. The Lord killed all them babies on purpose? You better believe he did. What about when Christ came? Because that was a picture of Christ, right? Herod said if they're two years old or under, go find an 18-month-old and cut its head off. That's still happening in other parts of this world, but we just think we're so refined in this nation. God of the Bible kills people. Now, I have full confidence they're his children. that He's sent the glory right then, and we'll meet them because they'll grow up. But uh, is it? I don't know. If, I can't see how that's right. It don't matter how I see it. The Lord did it, and it's right because he did it, and it glorifies him. And because he did it, that means it's right. He doesn't do what's right. What he does is right. 
because he's a holy God. He's a holy sovereign. He's the monarch. He's Lord. There's only one. There ain't none beside him. None beside. Well, I kind of, this other one's kind of like him. No, it ain't. There ain't nothing. Him and him alone. He kills and he makes alive physically. He conducts the affairs of this earth in a manner that glorifies his son and himself. He quickens whom he will. He saves to the uttermost any clay pot, any earthen vessel, any child of Adam that he wants to, that he pleases. And he, and he doesn't have to answer to anybody because of it. Get mad at me, stone, it's throughout time. Moses is about to get it, left, right, and center. And he has to keep taking 40 days at a time to go up and talk to the Lord. I wonder how many times, me and Karen's talking about that, reading through Deuteronomy. He went up again to talk to the Lord for 40 days. I wonder, I got to go talk to the Lord for 40 days. And he just went camping. I don't know what he, I'm sure he prayed. But the rough on him, he, oh, often he said, Lord, they're going to kill me. They're going to stone me to death. And he said, they ain't mad at you. They're mad at me. He don't answer to nobody. Now we're starting to deal with God, not the vain God of our imaginations or the vain God that our horrible grandparents and stuff passed down to us. And if we don't meet him now, we're going to meet him in judgment. There's one God. That, that's too simple. Oh, that's, he said it. It's everything. We can't stand on it long enough. Anyone that is saved is saved by God's grace and his discretion through his son by an almighty God or they ain't saved. And I want to stand on this as hard as I can too. If you don't mean that the same way I mean it, we don't worship the same God. We don't. We ain't in the same ship. Well, you're splitting hairs. No, I ain't God is. Hear me. I hear a multitude of people say, and, and they preach. I've heard preachers say this. Man's dead in trespasses and sins. What do you mean by that? I know what you say. Well, that's what it says. I know what it says. What do you mean by that? They normally mean mankind slightly wounded. Well, you got to try a little harder. You're going to limp your way there, but slow and steady wins the race, right? Keep, keep leaning on the 51%. There's scales. As long as you tip that scale on the good, you'll be fine. Words like lost come out of their man. People, man's lost. Okay, what do you mean by that? But mankind's sinners. All, babies and, and old people and sweet people and mean people. Everybody's, they're heathens. They get thrown around a whole lot. Sometimes folks mean that they're, they're, they're hurt real bad. They're not just kind of wounded. They're real wounded. Like it, they're going to need a whole lot of help. Whole lot of help. God's really going to help them be their co-pilot. That's what what natural man means. Hang with me. Sometimes they mean, well, God made you alive. Christ died for you. He gave you life. Now you have to keep alive, or you have to polish up that outside and make yourself set apart, atoned, uh, anointed. You have to sanctify yourself. I have to warn people: this is dangerous. It's eternal life and death. It ain't just life and death. It's eternal life and death. Here's what I mean by it. That, that, that mankind's sinful. That we're all lost. Here's what the scriptures mean by it. That's why I mean it. We're graveyard dead. I mean like a cold room temperature corpse. Spiritually, that's what everybody is. Everybody. Apart from Christ, everybody. Well, I like them. Everybody. They can't wash, they can't walk, they can't pray, they can't live by faith, they can't think, they can't sing, they can't do anything but rot because they're dead. All they're going to do is stink. That's me, born of, born of Adam. Outside of Christ, that's all I am, that's all anybody is, and the ones I love most. 
If we're wrong on the fall, we're wrong on it all. I mean, if we don't get a good handle on this, we're in a mess of trouble, a mess. We died in that garden. When, when Eve was tricked and she went to her husband and Adam believed his wife over believing God and willfully ate of that fruit of the tree, right then, the DNA from him on, what comes from Adam ain't nothing but Adam. In, in uh, imputation and impartation and inaction, this guy, always, any way you cut it, it's me. What if I start with a clean slate? I was conceived in sin. I come from the womb line when I was crying when I didn't need nothing. Lies. That's what I mean. Whenever I say men's lost, that's what the scriptures mean. Paul wrote about that. He said, as it's written, there's none righteous. Comma, no, comma, not one. Catching rebuttals, isn't it? There's none that understandeth. Well, I got a handle on this. There's none that seeketh that. I was looking for God. I remember when I was being so diligent and I'd, I'd take time off of work. I'd call in sick just so I could sit down and read the scriptures. You weren't looking for God. You was looking for you a God, but not the God, not there's one God. You didn't know him. How could you look for him? Nobody come told you. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. After God, they're all gone out of the way. They're all become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. Well, remember Grandpa? No! What about Grandma? Not one. The, the scriptures are absolute crystal clear on this. A clean thing can't come from an unclean thing, and we're born to Adam. And there's one God. That's, that's who we sinned against. Do we get that? I may have, I've offended everybody in here, I'm sure, at one point or another, and you may have offended me, and we may have hurt somebody's feelings. I did it while I tried to get somebody at work. There's this girl just didn't have enough money to come to work, and I went to hand her 20 bucks one time. And I said, here, you can get your gas money. I can't take it. I went, oh, oh, oh. And I said, what's wrong, what's wrong? I said, you hurt my feelings. <laughs> it ain't that we hurt one another's feelings. We've sinned against a holy God. Mankind's in trouble. And there's a mandatory outcome from sinning against the holy God. It says, the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. David said, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil. That's what the prodigal said. So I've sinned against, against heaven and, I, and you watched it. How are we going to get alive? She got to a graveyard and said, hey, get up. Everything, I'll forgive everything. <laughs> I go do you no good. Just as that prophet went to go preach, says dry bones, not even like brown bones with a little bit of meat left on. Like maybe we can, you know, patch it up and get a good surgeon in here. It's dry, no hope for him. He said, "Live." He said, "What do I do now?" He said, "Tell the spirit to breathe on him. Spirit, breathe on him." And then the Lord put sinews on him and stuck him up. And then they said, "We're going to die." <laughs> he just was dead. Why are you so worried about dying? Dead men don't worry about being dead. God has to do that. That's what Paul said in Ephesians 2. You hath he quickened. That means made alive. Who were dead? Well, to be alive, to be made alive, you must be something else before, right? You were dead in trespasses and sins from way back when. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, gives them life, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. He's a sovereign God. He, does it. he gives life to whom he wants to. That's simple. It ain't hard to understand. We just don't want to understand. Our old nature don't. But then when God puts life in us, we say, well, I couldn't have nothing, I couldn't have no other way. It's got to be that way or none. And I'm going to cling to it. 
I ain't going to cling to it once every three months. I'm going to cling to it as often as I can get a hold of him and beg for him when I ain't around him. Though he's there and hides his face. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. For us to live, something's got to die. That's so. Uh, old Paul Mahan tried being a vegetarian one time. He said, I, I, the only problem with it was I was starving to death. I wasn't satisfied. There wasn't no meat. And I've thought about that a lot recently. I was like, well, I could live on beans and rice probably. Save a lot of money. And then I think Paul told, or the Lord told Peter, he said, rice, kill and eat. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll go kill and eat. <laughs> Maybe hunt rabbits or something, but... Something's got to die for us to live. I had the girls out there butchering ducks one time. I, I, they wanted to be there, and I said, well, this would be a good opportunity. I said, something's got to die. Blood must be shed for you to have life. Arterial bleeding took place. That's good. We got away from that in this nation. Something has to die for us to live, and we can't die and, and live to ourselves. Our blood ain't worth nothing. Outside of Christ... It is correct, it is right, it's just for the Lord to send me and every other child of Adam into an eternity of judgment and damnation. Apart from his blood, it, he's right. He's right. I'm wrong, he's right. Script, uh, text there in verse 5 says, There's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. I have to have a go-between. I have to have blood in between me and him. I have to have an advocate. I have to have someone speak on my behalf. I have to have someone like we read there in Psalm 106. Somebody's going to have to remember on my behalf because I ain't going to remember. Well, the Lord's going to send you remembrancers on the walls of Jerusalem to say, remember? Look here, remember? Remember what we looked at Wednesday? Wednesday night's report. You remember Wednesday night? Do that? Huh? How am I going to remember? He's going to have to remember for me and tell me. Send one to me too, isn't he? There's one God, a holy God, and we were born at war with him. What are we going to do? There's one mediator. Well, you can pick and choose from the top three that you like. Nope, or one, one. What's that word mediator mean? The, the, the literal translation, I hope these young people carry this with them as they get older, and you old folks, a go-between. A mediator is a go-between. That is a reconciler. That's one who negotiates between two offended parties. It's one who satisfies opposed parties. Not just one party, both parties. You get that? A mediator. This one that mediates, is, it must be able to mediate, to satisfy that party and satisfy this party. And that one that's the representative that's in between must be willing to do it. Not that this is a cold, dead-letter doctrine fact, that this, well, this is how it takes place. He's got to be willing to do it, and then he's got to do it. What if love was in just a, a vase up on a mantle? What good's that going to do you? I don't want to say that's love. I'd be right. I'd, I'd be accurate, wouldn't I? I? I don't need to be accurate. I need to experience that love, don't I? I don't need to just observe that city of refuge. I need to be in that city of refuge. I don't need to talk about there being a mediator. I need that one mediator to mediate. <laughs> I need him to do something, to reconcile, to satisfy First thing, there's one. He's singular. Singular. This is the man. The man. Not a multitude of people working together as a co-effort with God. Get that. The man. He's the only one. Turn over to, and he does something. Turn over to Job chapter 9. I thought this was just lovely. Just before Psalms. Get to Psalms, turn left one, but Job chapter 9. 
How can this mediation take place? <clears throat> Bildad was speaking, had some accurate things to say. Those measurable comforters actually had some accurate things to say, didn't they? They didn't know God from a hole in the ground, and they were making our brother more confused and miserable as they went on with partial truths, wasn't it? A little bit of leaven in it. Bildad spoke to Job, and Job replies here in chapter 9, verse 1. Then Job answered and said, I know it is so of a truth, but how should man be just with God? I see these things. I know there's one God. I know we're sinners, and I know that something's got to take place. How can I be just before a holy God I've sinned against? That this is, Job's the, chronologically, and time that we live in, this was written before anything else they believed. But it predates Moses. This is an age-old question, and it's a question we ought to be asking in our day. There's, there's this Jesus stuff and this churchy stuff and these doctrine stuff, but how can a sinner be just for a holy God we've offended? Job said, I know all such stuff's true, but how? Well, look down in verse 32, chapter 9, verse 32. Speaking to the Lord. And he says, For he is not a man as I am. He ain't a man like me. Now, he's a man, but he ain't like me. He's a man. He's born of a woman, born of a virgin. He wasn't born of Adam like I am. For he's not a man as I am that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman, mediator is what the word means. Daysman means mediator. Neither is there any daysman, any mediator betwixt us. Job didn't see anything between him and the holy God that ain't like him. He saw his sin. And, and that's what must be revealed to us. Not agreed with, not wrote down on a piece of paper somewhere, but put seared in our hearts that Christ is the one mediator, the only mediator that might lay his hand upon us both. Job's here in this trial and he don't see Christ in it, does he? But he sees a need for Christ. He's got to lay his hand on God. How can that happen? Well, he'd have to be God. He'd have to be God. And he's going to have to touch us. He's going to have to lay his hand on us. How's that going to happen? I, I'm unclean. I can't be in his prayer. He's a man. How much each? Go off to a seminary and knock yourself out. And bow to him. That's what I want to do. That's what I need. One mediator that can that can reconcile two parties that are offended and make atonement, at onement. He can touch man. He's born of a woman, and he can touch God because he is God. That's what there in First John we read in First John four. John was writing against those Gnostics in that day. It's spelled with a G, silent G. The Gnostics. They said, well, because they had to have a head knowledge. They didn't have a heart knowledge because they didn't know God. They didn't have a new life in them. And they said, well, he couldn't have really come to earth to be a physical man because he would have been defiled. And they thought they understood everything. They didn't know nothing. And John said, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they're of God. Take his, they don't mean him, peck a preacher that's faithful, but go read that. You go see if that's what that says. That's what it says. You try the spirits, see if the, the preachers, whether they be of God, because many false prophets are gone out in the world. Did he say some? He said many. That's a lot. Hereby we know this, you are the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. That this really happened. That's who he was talking about. This really happened. This ain't just an idea of a mediator. This mediator had to take place. He had to be God and be man and touch me 
and touch him and make intercession. It had to happen. There in Hebrews 4, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, he that descended, the same one that ascended, right? That's what it's talking about. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He's experienced everything I have. I don't know how that's possible, but it's so. Yet without sin. Well, who? I don't want to talk to somebody that... You want to sit down and have a long conversation with about the Iraq war and your experiences and, and Fallujah 20 years ago? No, because I we I can. Other people can't. I need somebody to talk my language. has been through what I've been through. He has. It's the same one that touched God, because he is God. Let us, therefore, because of that, come boldly. We get the context now? To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and, and help in time of need. There's one God we offended. We need a mediator. Who's this for? Men, not man. Not all of mankind. Or it's on a shelf. Come get it if you want it. This is for a particular people, a chosen people. What do I mean by that? Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. A particular people. Lord said, I pray not for the world. I pray for them. I pray for my people. For I am the Lord, and I change not. Therefore, because the Lord changes not, therefore, that's the only reason. He's God. This ain't going to vary. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Not anybody that had me, because I'm just wringing my hands and wanting somebody to do something for me. My children, my my covenant people that I remember my covenant towards. Speaking of those sons of Jacob and and the Lord electing a people. Some people talk in circles better than a politician can. I think politicians take notes off of them. <laughs> I heard a man here in California talk about uh, sanctification for 50 minutes, and if you put a pistol in my mouth, I couldn't tell you what he meant. I knew what he said. He didn't say much of nothing. He said so much without saying anything. <laughs> uh, I don't know what he means. I have no idea. God loved the people that were unlovable. Not everybody, and that's the miracle. It's not that he, miracle that he hated some. It's the miracle that he loved some. And that to be mediation for them. Heard a man preach one time on unlimited, limited atonement. I was cross-eyed. And I thought, well, for those that Lord gave his blood for that, that limited atonement, it's unlimited. You ain't going to ruin it. Look at that. Saved you 45 minutes. <laughs> That's better, isn't it? It said, call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. There's one God. There's one mediator between God and his people, the man, Christ Jesus. Now, i got a question for you. If I lost you up to now, this question ought to scare you to death. I'm sorry. I'll explain it later if I need to. Do you need a mediator? Do we need one? This is, this is all talk till right now, isn't it? Let's put it in shoe leather. Do we need him? Have we really sinned against the Holy God as he said we did, or are we calling him a liar? Did he really seek us, and we didn't seek him, and I didn't even know who he was to seek him, or are we calling him a liar? Now, once that we're guilty, and he's all righteousness, do you need a mediator? Do I need a mediator? Or can we handle things on our own? I'll figure this out. Give me two more weeks. I need a mediator. When do we need him? Right now. Right now. 
Back in our text there in First Timothy chapter two, verse five. <clears throat> it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There's a semicolon there, isn't it? That continuation of thought, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. He gave himself. He gave this all he as he gave himself to me, as he revealed himself to me, as he gave do you need him? And and has he has he testified of his person and his work in your heart? That's going to happen. Lock, stock, and barrel, that means a whole shooting match. Every knee and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. That's going to happen. They'll say, that's what he, he did it. He did it, didn't he? At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and things of heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. That's everything. That's fish and elements and I don't know what. It's going to testify of him. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. A-double-L, all. Everybody's going to bow, isn't it? Life is going to take place if God does these things now. That's called eternal life. That's called salvation. That day of judgment will come, and, and people cast their, cast their crowns, and like those seven, they'll, hey, don't. <laughs> Can I get some good stuff too? Everybody's going to bow. Everybody's going to see his worth. <clears throat> but his people will do it now. He'll come to them. We'll see who we sinned against. And he said, you're convicted of sin because you believe not me. Believe not me. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father. And of judgment, because Prince this world destroyed. I've done it all. I've killed them all. I pray the Lord do it for us now. And not just, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about doing stuff. I want to do stuff. Ain't that right? I don't want to just, just speak of these things. I don't want to just have oratory of, of the Lord saving his people. I want him to come into our hearts and, and slay us and make us bow to him and cry out for mercy. Because that's where mercy is found. Good place to be in. All right, brother Mike.